You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. If you have your Bibles, take them to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Genesis 45 and verse number one, and we'll read down to verse number eight. The Bible says in verse number one, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt." Lord, would you please take the preaching now of your word, and Lord, it's, uh, it's unique this morning, it's very different, not having uh, folks here, and Lord, it's been a, a different morning, not being able to see one another and greet one another, not able to have our early service, and not having Sunday school, and not having a regular service uh, uh, like we normally meet. But Lord, I thank you that your word is still so powerful and it's still so uh, applicable for every situation we go through in life. Lord, as we are continuing our series on the life of Joseph, I've been amazed at how, uh, Lord, uh, uh, this passage right here uh, is so, so powerful for what we're going through right now in 2020. Lord, I thank you that your word is not outdated. I thank you that your word has not expired. I thank you that it is still alive and it is powerful. And it is able to accomplish great things in our lives and in our midst. I pray that you'd speak to us. Thank you for our church family. May they know this morning how much I love them, how thankful I am for them, uh, what an encouragement they are to me. I've received so many uh, text messages and so many uh, calls and so many uh, words of encouragement just in these last few days. And Lord, it's blessed my heart so much. I pray that you'd speak to us in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis 45, we continue the story about Joseph, and of course, last week we took a break and we went back to Judah. And if you missed last Sunday, I encourage you to go back and listen to the service and watch the service. And we saw some lessons from Genesis 38 of how God worked in Judah's life, and uh, what amazing, what an amazing story. If God can change Judah, God can change you, and God can change me. And uh, if God was merciful to Judah, God can be merciful to us. But in this passage, we resume in Genesis 45, and uh, Joseph is there with his brothers. It's not yet been revealed uh, that, to his brothers that he is Joseph, but he knows who they are. 
and uh, he sends them back, and they come back, and of course, you know the story, uh, Benjamin, uh, he, they found that silver cup in his bag, and uh, all the brothers come back, and they're a mess. They don't know what's going to happen. They think that Benjamin will be stuck there in Egypt as a slave and as a prisoner. In verse number one, Joseph, he couldn't hold it in anymore. He could not refrain himself, and he begins to weep. And the Bible says in verse number two, he wept out loud. Uh, the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh, they heard, even the people outside the room could hear Joseph weeping. I want you to see number one in this passage, there was crying. There were tears that were shed. There, was, uh, there was emo were emotions that were shown. Can I tell you, emotions are a very real part of life. Uh, this past uh, 48 hours, we've had these funerals. And I'll tell you, uh, people have wept. And there's, there's tears and there's sorrow and uh, there's heartache and there's heartbreak. And emotions are very real. It's okay to cry. Uh, it's okay to have tears. It's okay to have emotions. And uh, the Bible tells us that God notices every tear that falls. And he saves our tears in a bottle. Uh, your tears do not go unnoticed. Uh, we know that God understands our sorrow and God is acquainted with our grief. He, Jesus, was called a man of sorrows. Tears are okay. Crying is okay. Emotion is just fine. And maybe you're going through some emotions. Uh, we've had some folks with surgeries and folks with cancer and uh, folks with problems with their heart. And we've had uh, people who have lost loved ones and we're dealing with situations that are out of our control. And it's okay to have emotions, but... May I remind us this morning, let God be in control of your life rather than emotions controlling us. Let your faith govern rather than fear. Let God's word dictate your life. Don't let the news set the precedent for how you're going to live. Get in the book and remember that although there are tears, the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The Bible tells us there's coming a day when God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there'll be no more sorrow and no more pain and no more death. Hallelujah for that. But Joseph was dealing with emotion. I think these were tears of sorrow. I think tears from all the years he had not been able to spend time with his father and his brothers and uh, all the opportunities that were lost. But I think this was also, I think this was some tears of joy. Because here we have a reuniting of Joseph and his brothers. Notice not only the crying, but number two, I see the concern. In verse number three, Joseph says to his brothers, I am Joseph. That's an, a powerful statement. He says, hey, you know that, that guy you sold as a slave 20 years ago? That's me. I am Joseph. But notice his next statement, his next question that he makes. If it would have been me, I would have said, what were you jerks thinking about when you sold me? What is your problem? What is wrong with you guys? I think there would have been some things I would have asked those brothers. But notice Joseph's first question that he asked to his brothers in verse number three. Doth my father yet live? You know what Joseph's concern was? His concern was not for himself. His concern was not for revenge. His concern was not retaliation. Joseph's concern was how is my father doing? Is my father okay? How is my dad? And can I tell you, our concern ought to be not for ourselves, but our concern ought to be for others. 
This is an amazing time we're living in, but if our focus is only on what is my situation and what is my needs and uh, what can people do for me, we're missing it, friend. Jesus came, the Bible says, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Joseph's concern was for his father. His concern through his life was for the chief butler and the chief baker and his concern was for Pharaoh and his concern was for his brothers and his concern was for the, the whole world that was going through a famine. I wonder this morning, what's your concern? What's that number one thought in your mind that goes through your head every day? May our concern as God's people not be for ourselves, but may our concern be for others. May our concern be for our heavenly Father. May our concern be, I want to do the will of the Father that has sent me. Number one, we see the crying. Number two, the concern. Number three, I want you to notice the consolation. Verse number five, Joseph tells his brothers, he says, Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. Now, this is an interesting statement. Joseph told the brothers, he said, listen, don't beat yourselves up. And Joseph certainly was not coming down hard on them. He was not beating up on them. And you know, sometimes what we do is we like to take the role of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We like to be the person to remind everybody of all the things they're doing wrong. And I'm not saying that we need to compromise. I'm not saying we don't speak the truth. But many times we try to take the Holy Spirit's role. Many times we try to take God's role and we like to take care of the revenge department. I'm taking care of it. So-and-so did something to me. I'm going to get them. That's not what Joseph was after. His concern was for the well-being of his brothers. His consolation. He said, hey, uh, 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 don't be angry with yourselves. You know, usually when someone does something wrong and they hurt you, usually they know. And usually God's already speaking to them and the Holy Spirit's already convicting them. And uh, the Holy Spirit, last time I checked, he's, he's got his job under control. I don't think he needs us to help him out. But may I say, just do what God's called you to do. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't worry about fixing everybody else's stuff. Just keep your own backyard clean. But Joseph said, uh, don't be angry with yourselves. Don't be grieved. Don't, don't, don't beat yourselves up. His consolation, what an encouragement that must have been to those brothers. Uh, Joseph could have killed him, but he said, no, he said, that's not what I'm in this for. Number four, we see in verse number five, Joseph continues, and he makes an interesting statement to his brothers. Now, we just read this and say, well, yeah, you know, we know the end of the story. But Joseph makes a statement to his brothers, and he says in verse five, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Now, hang on. The brothers were the ones that sold him. They were the ones that threw him in a pit. They were the ones that tried to kill him. But Joseph says, time out, guys. You didn't send me here. God did. God had a plan that was bigger than you. God had a plan that was bigger than me. And Joseph says in verse number uh, uh, five, he says, God did send me. Notice verse seven. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Verse 8, so now it was not you that sent me hither. No, you didn't do this. This wasn't, this wasn't your plan. This was God's plan. And can I tell you, that right there is control. 
That is recognizing the fact that God is control. God governs over the affairs of men. God was in control of Joseph. God was in control of Egypt. God was in control of the famine. God is in control of you. God is in control of me. God's in control of Victory Baptist Church. God's in control of the United States of America. God's in control of the coronavirus. Last time I checked, God's not worried. He's not sitting up in heaven thinking, oh no, what are we going to do? Can I tell you what God's going to do? God's going to use this for his glory. God is going to take control of the situation and God is going to turn the curse into a blessing because he's in control. That's exactly what he did for Joseph. Joseph said to the brothers, he said, you didn't do it because you weren't the ones in control. He said, God is the one that sent me here. We could go on through this passage. It's so powerful, but I want you to skip ahead to verse number 15. When you know that God is in control, it affects how you treat others. Notice in verse 15, moreover, he kissed all his brethren and he wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. Joseph, because he knew God was in control, he could forgive his brothers. He could express love for his brothers. He could express kindness to his brothers. He could seek to restore a relationship that had been damaged for over 20 years. How come? Because he knew that God was in control. Because he knew that God had a plan. Because he knew that God would settle the score. He knew that God would take care of things. And Joseph knew and recognized that God was in control. Three times in these verses, God sent me. Verse seven, God sent me. Verse eight, you did not send me here, but God was in control. Number five, I see the case. Joseph's case, not to his brothers, but his case to the Egyptians. Would you notice in verse number 16, after Joseph shows that, uh, uh, that affection and that love for his brothers, it says in verse 16, and the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. Now think about this. That wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense to Pharaoh. That wouldn't make sense to the Egyptians. That your brothers that sold you as a slave, you're in a position of power and authority and you can nail them. You can kill them. You can get revenge. And Joseph does the opposite. He forgives. He shows the love of Christ. And that was a case that was made to the Egyptians. That was Joseph's testimony to the lost, to the heathen people of Egypt to see there was something different in Joseph. Can I remind us this morning that people are watching us? People are watching us when we go through difficulty. Uh, people are watching us when we go through hard times. Uh, my wife, uh, she said this so many times, her mother used to tell her, she said, Joanna, it's easy to have a good attitude when everything's going your way. I mean, that's not hard to do, right? When everything's going good, there's money in the bank, everybody's healthy, there's food on the table, the job's good, the car's good, the house is good, everything is fine. It's easy to be a happy camper then. But what happens when the trials come? What happens when the burdens come? That's when we see if you really know Christ and if you really walk with Christ and if you really trust Christ, people are watching you. You say you're a Christian and I say I'm a Christian, but anybody can say it. But how about we show people? 
How about we prove it with how we live and how we talk and how we act and how we react? How about we remember that when we get on Facebook? How about we remember that when we get on social media? How about we remember that when we're in the grocery store or when we're talking to our neighbors? How about we remember the fact that people are watching us and you may be the only Bible that people will read, but they're watching you to see how a Christian responds. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. The Bible says, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. We are to be a testimony. We're to be a light. We're to be a, a, an influence and an example in this world. Number six, I want you to look at verse number 20. And I'm going quickly through this. I hope you'll read this chapter. Joseph sends for his father. And he sends for his brothers who are with him. But he says, go back, take the wagons, take the supplies, take the food, and bring everybody back. He said, I want you to come and be with me. I want you to come to Egypt where there's plenty of food. I want you to come to Egypt where I'm second in command and I want you to be taken care of for the rest of your life. But notice what he says in verse 20. He says, when you go back home, regard not your stuff. You know what Joseph said to his brothers? He said, listen, don't even worry about bringing your stuff. Don't even worry about packing suitcases. Don't even worry about bringing your furniture. Don't even worry about bringing your tents and all that stuff because I've got everything you need right here in Egypt. And as a matter of fact, I've got more than you need. I've got, I've got untold wealth. I've got untold resources. And don't even worry about your stuff. Number six, it's capital. Capital is your wealth, your assets. Joseph says, don't even worry about bringing your stuff. We've experienced here in uh, our country these last few days, we've experienced how quickly stuff can diminish in value. It's amazing to me how that we go through difficulties or we go through hard times and we realize that stuff is not that important. We realize the things that really matter are our family. The things that really matter are the people that are in our lives and the things that matter are the things that God has promised us and the things that are eternal. You know, God's not worried about your stuff. Did you know he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine? You know how much God thinks about your stuff and my stuff? I'm talking about the things that we work for and we fill our houses with and we fill our garages with and we fill our storage units with and we fill our driveways with, all that stuff. You know how much God thinks about that? One of these days, it's all gonna burn up. And you know what? You can't take it with you either. That's why the Bible says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. You can't take it with you, and I can't take it with me, but we can send our treasures ahead. We can give, and we can invest in eternity. And Joseph says, I love it. Don't worry about your stuff. That's, not, that's nothing compared to what we have here. Number seven, I see quickly, I see the confidence. Verse number 22, Joseph sent uh, to each of them he gave each man changes of raiment and to benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment and sends all this stuff and they departed verse number 26 and when they got home they told their father saying joseph is yet alive wow you imagine what that father must have been thinking he gets word that his son that he thought was dead for over 20 years is alive. 
And not only is he alive, but it says in verse 26 that he is governor over all the land of Egypt. The brothers said, yeah, we didn't, we didn't see him, you know, running a, a little shop over in, in Egypt. We didn't see him uh, running a little uh, a fruit stand over here. He's governor. He's the king. He's in charge. And the Bible says that when Jacob heard that, verse 26, his heart fainted. For he believed them not. He didn't believe it. He's like, you guys are lying to me again. You, 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 you bunch of rascals. You're here, you're telling me a story and you're getting my hopes up. I don't even believe it. But verse 27, they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had sent unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Jacob had confidence when he heard that Joseph was alive. Now, I don't have time to get into it this morning, but can I tell you, we'll look at it in the weeks to come, but Joseph in the Bible is a picture and a type of Jesus Christ. Joseph's brothers hated him. Jesus came into his own and his own hated him. Jesus was falsely accused and Joseph here in, in this passage here, he was falsely accused. Joseph was loved by his father, and Jesus was loved by his father. This is my beloved son, God said, in whom I'm well pleased. They thought that Joseph was dead. And boy, there were people that thought Jesus was dead too. But can I tell you, Joseph was not dead. He was alive. And Jesus is not dead. He is alive and he is well. Joseph became the savior of the world, but Jesus came not to save from famine, but Jesus came to save the world from sin, and Jesus is the savior. And Jacob had great confidence when he heard that Joseph was alive and he was on the throne. And friend, I got news for you. Everything's okay. Everything's gonna be just fine, and we can have confidence because Jesus is alive and he's on the throne and he's in control and Joseph sent blessings he sent provisions back home and can I tell you God has been so good to us God sends blessings every day of our lives the Bible says he daily loadeth us with benefits God has been so good I see the confidence that came when they found out that Joseph was alive and lastly I see the comfort we see that Jacob's heart fainted, verse number 26. But the Bible says in verse 27 that the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. He got his breath back. He got his life back. He got his joy back. He got his purpose back when he realized that Joseph was alive. The Bible tells us in verse 28 that Israel said, it is enough. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to hear. That's all you need to tell me. I just needed to know that Joseph was alive. He says, I will go and I will see him before I die. And friend, that's all you need to know. That's all I need to know on March 15, 2020. We just need to know that Jesus is alive. And we just need to know that he's in control. And we just need to know that he's able to take care of us. And we just need to know that we can have confidence in the fact that although he died on a cross, and although he was buried, and although they sealed the tomb, and although they set the guard on that tomb, on that third day, hallelujah, up from the grave he arose. 
And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And because he lives, everything is under control. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.